Well, we're continuing on our teaching on the Holy Spirit. Anybody glad about the Holy Spirit? And um, he is the Ancient of Days, and he was before time and will be after time, and is just incredible, and it's hard to even articulate uh, fully about the Holy Spirit. Well, let me rephrase that. It's impossible to fully articulate everything about the Holy Spirit. And so for us to do this in a six-week series, which I'm concluding today, you know, we're obviously not going to cover everything. Uh, but I wanted to do kind of a um, comprehensive, as best we could, uh, point of reference teaching on the Holy Spirit so that we have something we can point back to, refresh ourselves on. And like I said, it become a point of reference so we can go back you know, what do we believe? Where do we stand? And we've looked at a number of things over these, uh, including today, these six weeks. And obviously, as I said, we're not going to be able to cover everything. So I'm going to do something that we normally uh, don't do um, just because, uh, you know, this wouldn't be the way to handle everything. But I want to do this this Wednesday night that if you would ahead of time, maybe today or you could get this to us prior to then, uh, we're going to do, I'm going to take questions and give answers on the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to do that in a live format where it's like, uh, yes, you with the weird hat. You know, we're not going to do that or anything. Uh, and nobody here has a weird hat, so don't like, oh, Jesus. Uh, but um, if you'll get them to us, you can just write them down, get them to us, or email them to the church, and we'll get them that way. But I'm going to want your name on it too, okay? Because I find that if you have to put your name on it, then you won't ask some really weird question, Okay. And so, um, but get those to us. And then what we'll do is uh, obviously won't be able to go through all of them, but I uh, want to endeavor to what are the areas that we feel would, would help to complete uh, this series is, is just kind of a point of reference. So I um, wanted to make that available to you. Well, the Holy Spirit, the full work of the Holy Spirit, which we want in our life is that we would be spirit born and that we would be spirit filled. Let me rephrase that a life that the Holy Spirit would fill. And then we want to be spirit-led. Y'all here? We want to be spirit-led. That is really, really crucial that we learn to be led of the spirit. And then ultimately, the process of that leads us to becoming more and more spirit-formed or we take on more and more the character and the nature of, of Jesus himself. Instead of just trying to do it, it starts to become a part of our life. We're conformed into his image. We also saw that the Holy Spirit brings power. He brings love. He uh, produces in us fruit, and then he also gives gifts. And we've looked at that over this, over this whole uh, teaching. And then I have behind me this prop of a, of a gate, and I just want to say we've got the best staff in the world. And probably about week two, I just, in the middle of it all, uh, while I'm teaching, I said, you know, it's kind of like we're trying to get that gate open in our life for the Holy Spirit. And I mentioned that to the staff uh, last week. I said, wow, I wish we'd had this gate the whole, you know, had a gate the whole time. Well, guess what? We got a gate today. And so um, let me go through here. And this is our little life behind the picket fence, so to speak. And this gate really is, is the gate of your heart, the gate of your life. And concerning the Holy Spirit. Um, a lot of us, our gate is blocked by things. There's rocks, there's debris, there's weeds and different things. And we can't get that gate open or we're fearful what's on the other side of the gate. And so we don't 
um, we don't open that gate or we can't get that gate open. And so either by traditions or teachings that were either uh, misinformed you or left you uninformed or they weren't complete or bad experiences or something weird or hearsay or like I said, fear of what's on the other side because you've observed other people. Let me say this to you again. Any discomfort that you may have had about the Holy Spirit is not because of Scripture. It's because of people. It's because of people. And so that's why we want to get all of this in the light of Scripture. And the devil does not want you or I to have the Holy Spirit in fullness in our life. So he just loved to keep us behind the gate here. And love to keep that gate closed. And so consequently has used all those different things to kind of block the gate. So what we're endeavoring to do in this series is to get those things out of the way. Get them moved out. Get you so that you don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. And not just, you know, let in little parts here. But get that gate all the way open. We want it all the way open. That we want him in our life. That we're not afraid of the Holy Spirit. Okay? He's not going to make you weird. He's not going to make you act out suddenly in the middle of the grocery store. Okay? You're not going to lose control. I don't want to give my life to the Holy Spirit because I'll turn weird. No, you won't. He's not weird and he won't make you weird. Okay? And this is not spooky. There's nothing spooky about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm sending you another comforter. He's just like I am. So the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. And Jesus couldn't stay and be with every one of us individually, and he sent the Holy Spirit. So my prayer is, and the effort of this whole teaching, is to get that gate just wide open for the Holy Spirit in all of our lives. Could I get an amen on that this morning? All right. Thank you, Lord. Now, um, I'm not going to write the whole sermon, but I am going to write a couple words up here real quick that are going to help us. Because I want you to have a big picture of what the work of the Holy Spirit is in our life. So let's, let's just go right here and first of all start out with the gospel. The gospel. Everybody say the gospel. What does the gospel mean? What does that mean? It means good news. Good news. It's not just the four, first four books of the New Testament. It is good news. And if there's going to be good news, then that has to counter some kind of bad news. So typically when we talk about the gospel, then we're making reference to the bad news. And the bad news was the fall of man. It was the original sin. That's when another gate got opened into the human race. And sin came. And because of sin, death entered and corruption entered. And things began to break apart. Not at all what God intended. And so we've got the fall. So this brought in sin. This brought in all kinds of mess. And all kinds of ruin into our life. If you're with me, bob your head. Do something here. Okay. And so what is the good news? The good news is, is God is, God sent his son, actually a second Adam who came to take care of this problem. And he came and did what we call redemption, redemption and redemption is the good news. Okay. The bad news is we were lost. The good news is we're found bad news is we were really undone and, and a slave to sin and the devil. And the good news is he bought us back. Okay, but we need to back up from that a little bit further and get a good wide view on this. And so, well, if this was fall, then you had to fall from somewhere. So we go back and just forgive my abbreviation, but you have creation and creation. God looked at all that he had created and he said it was it was good. It was good. So when God says it's good, it's good. 
And so this was, by description, a paradise. And what God intended for us, the way that he wanted us to live in close communion with him, uh, that there would be provision in our life. There would be peace among us and within us and, and a beautiful thing. And then the fall came. And then Jesus came and there's the redemption. And then ultimately, this is all going to end up in, and this R here is restoration. Everybody say restoration. And so the Holy Spirit has been at work in all of this. He was the master craftsman here. He warned and convicted here at the fall. He woos us and brings us and was the agent of action and power that orchestrated the whole redemption. And he was the the power that raised Jesus from the dead to conquer death, hell, the grave, all the things related to this. And then restoration ultimately is going to be a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So the Holy Spirit is at work in all of these things. But right now, the big work of the Holy Spirit, and I I want to get this across to you. And I'll use two big words here, is restored wholeness. Everybody say that with me, restored wholeness. Now, I'm not writing these up here so I can remember. I'm writing these up here to help you remember, because I want you to get this big picture, okay? And so as we back out away from this, the work of the Holy Spirit today is what? Restored wholeness, this restoration. Now, let me talk about restoration for a moment. Ultimately, this will culminate in heaven. We're never going to have all of the restoration, all of the redemption uh, manifest in our lives right here. But ultimately, all of this will culminate in heaven. But the Holy Spirit is actively at work right now in restoring wholeness in us. Let's, Let's say that you had a car and somebody stole your car. And your car was all waxed and polished and it was, it, it ran, just, it just hummed. You had the best sound system. You had this custom rich Corinthian leather seats. You had the wheels you wanted. You know, this was quite the car. And you loved your car. And then somebody stole your car. They not only stole your car, they put stickers all over it. They had rotten kids, poked holes in your seats. With pencils and switchblades. They ate food in your car all the time. It had a sunroof. They left it open no matter what the weather was. They smoked. They kept trash in there. They hauled animals in there. They delivered pizzas in there. They wrecked it. They sold some of your wheels for money. They had a blowout. You know, it's just a mess. And then finally, here's what happens. The police find it. And they bring it back to you. Good, I got it back. So there needs to be something else if I'm ever going to get back to what I really, really wanted and had. And guess what? God had you. And because of sin and deception and so forth, we ended up not belonging to him and and we weren't even our own. Slaves to sin, slaves to the devil. And you know what? The devil does not take care of good care of what is his. He comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. He wants to wear you out. You look, you look at anybody that's a slave to sin and they're just getting worn out. Sin works ruin. And from the inside out and from the outside in. And so what happened with our lives 
is we were stolen and we were abused and just, I mean, becoming a mess. Jesus came and he redeemed us, which means that he delivered us and he bought us back. And now we belong to God again. We're connected to our father and we're going to heaven. Somebody say something this morning. But you might belong to God completely and Jesus is the Lord of your life and you might be headed to heaven. But look, look at me, listen to me. But we've got issues. How many of you would admit this morning that you're on your way to heaven, but I still got some rips in my seat? Yeah, cracked windshield. Smells funky at times. All right, all, all, all this. Okay. So we got all this going on. And so what, what do we need? We need restoration. And the Holy Spirit is work, at work in our life. And listen, don't be ashamed of this. I mean, this is where we are. The Holy Spirit is at work in our life to help fix us back up. To put us back in mint condition. Pastor, do you know anybody in mint condition? There's a whole cloud of witnesses in heaven that are in mint condition, okay? And ultimately, we will be. But guess what? This is not about just getting saved and then living broken. All right. This is about getting repaired and getting restored. And that is the work. Listen to me. That is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives today. That's why you've got to get this gate open in our life. We've got to have it open. Because if we just can't, give me goosebumps. No, no, we need, we, I'm locked out. Okay. <laughs> uh, we want him in. The best thing that could ever happen to us is to find out what's wrong with us and let the Holy Spirit do a work in us. Can I get a good amen out of you today? Well, the evidence that this is going on should be a very obvious thing. And so we're going to call this evidence fruit. There should be some fruit. There should be some evidence that the Holy Spirit is at work in you. Now, Galatians chapter 5, and this is a, a, a list of fruit of the Spirit. It is not, there are nine of them. I don't think it's complete. I just think it's representative. I believe that there's other fruit, and I'll, I'll show you some other passages. But we should be, y'all listen to me, look at me, look, church, we're here, service. Um, there should be some evidence that the spirit of God is in my life. There should be some evidence in us that where we're broken and where we're scarred and where we're messed up and all of those things, there, there should be some progress. There should be some evidence there. There's people should somehow know without us telling them they should know that Something holy is going on on the inside. Something good's brewing on the inside. Are you with me? It's not about perfection. It's not about perfection. That's on the other side. But it's about progress. And it's about some restored wholeness. And the evidence that we can tell that something's going on, the work of the Holy Spirit, is there's going to be some fruit in our life. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, here's a partial listing of the fruit. I think it's representative. I don't think it's complete because just verses prior are, is the list of the works of the flesh. And it lists all these dirty, nasty sins. And it says, and the like, and the like. Or the New Living Translation says, and other sins like these. And so just as that list is not complete, I don't believe this list is 
totally complete, but it surely is representative. But the fruit of the Spirit is, read them with me, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. I think these things should be happening on the inside of us. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13, it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. Here's some more fruit. Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Watch this. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you must also do. It's saying don't be a complainer either. Don't be a grudge holder. And I love this, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. That should be fruit. Listen to me, church. That should be fruit in our life that this is coming out. And then look in Acts chapter 6, verse 3. It says, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of, watch this. I think this is fruit. Good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. I think that if the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, we would be respectable and functional and trustworthy and reliable and wise and appointable. I think, listen to me, this is the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And if He's in us, I think there should be some sort of real, verifiable, obvious, noticeable something going on on the inside of us. I think there should be a difference in us and those that don't have God living in them by the Spirit. Now listen, I believe that you should press on the full work of the Spirit, to be born of the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit, to be led of the Spirit, and to be formed of the Spirit. But I want everybody to know that the eternal thing is receiving Jesus Christ and being born of the Spirit. And when you're born of the Spirit, that is of the Spirit. And the Spirit regenerates. And you have the Holy Spirit resident within you. I would encourage you, though, as Paul commanded, that you be a life that the Spirit has filled. We want more. We want the gate wide open. And there should be some evidence. Wherever you're at in that journey with the Holy Spirit, there should be evidence, there should be fruit in your life that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. I think that we'll handle things a little bit differently than those in the world that don't have Him. That should be noticeable. And not because we're going around saying, I'm born again, I'm filled with the Spirit. And I don't want to hear it. That rhymed. You know, let there be fruit in our lives. Let us be people of good reputation, trustworthy, kind, bearing with one another, patient, good, humble, meek, helpful. I think that should just be coming out of our lives. And I don't think it just happens. That actually is something supernatural. In Galatians 5.22, in the Amplified Bible, it says, The fruit of the Spirit, that is the work which His presence within, get this, the work which His presence within accomplishes is love, joy, peace, and so forth. So it's the Holy Spirit at work in me that causes it to come out as fruit. Now get this. This is not just something we muster up. Because if we just muster up, okay, I'm going to have love and joy and peace, be patient with people. We can't work that up for any duration. 
Do you remember remember your mom telling you, now be nice? How many times did she tell you that? Just once? And it came with threats too. You be nice or I won't be, you know? And that, and that came. Why? Because in and of ourselves, we can't do this for any duration. This is not something that we just put on. We can't put this on. That would be like duct taping fruit to a tree. It has to come out of the tree. Are you following me? This is a supernatural thing that as we, and I'll show you the big key to this in just a moment. As we allow this to take place, fruit will come out of our life. Restored wholeness will start to produce fruit in our life. And we don't have to put on being patient, joyful, kind, whatever it would be. It's going to be fruit that's going to be coming out of our life. So if you're with me so far, say something. Amen. All right. Now, as I said, this does not just happen. This is available, but this is not automatic. And so let me just kind of zero in here and we'll spend the the remainder of our time on this this morning here. If you're going to have fruit in your life, and also if you're going to have power and help in your life, watch this, it's going to flow out of friendship with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say friendship. This may seem awkward or I've never thought of friendship with God. But we're going to find out that this is such a real, real key. Because sometimes we've thought of God as this austere, far off in heaven, distant from us. Maybe he lives in us, but that's just so that he makes sure we don't misbehave. We don't have this friendship kind of concept. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit is not just God. And he's not just helper. The Holy Spirit can be the very best friend that you could ever, ever imagine in your life. Now, this does not mean that we just reduce him down to my bud. He's still a Holy Spirit of God, eternal. But he wants to be your nearest and dearest friend. And listen to me. Fruit and power and help for your life is going to flow it's going to flow out of friendship with the Holy Spirit. Let's look at a couple of things here. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. It says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion. Everybody say communion. The communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And this word communion in the, he- in the Greek rather is the Greek word koinonia. And it means this. Let me give you some definitions. It means fellowship, companionship partnership, sharing together, participation with, close association, relationship, it's friendship. Koinonia is not like Facebook, where you get a friend request. And what do you do? You click it. You approve. Now we're friends. I mean, this is us. This is me and that's them. And we're like, We're like this. No, this is not Facebook friendship where you can kind of see what I'm doing and I'll send you a picture of where I'm at. This is friendship. This is communion. This is companionship beyond anything that we've even thought about. And this is available to us and this is the work of the Spirit in the earth and in us in these days. This word 
koinonia, communion, is used in terms of fellowship between people. This, is, this further points out that the Holy Spirit is not a force or just a presence. It's the person of the Holy Spirit, and he lives and he dwells in us. You still here? Now, in the uh, Message Bible for 2 Corinthians 13, 14, it refers to it as the intimate friendship. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. In John 16, verse 7, in the Amplified Bible, Jesus said, However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you. Say, that's me. For you that I go away because if I do not go away, the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby will not come to you. Watch this into close fellowship with you. But if I go away and he did, I will send him the Holy Spirit to you. Say that's me for what to what to be in. Help me close fellowship with you. Guess what's available to us? Close fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And if we'll walk in the Spirit, Galatians tells us, if you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know what that tells me? That if I walk with the Spirit, if I have companionship and communion with the Holy Spirit day in and day out, I'm going to do better in life. I'm going to overcome more. I'll be able to handle more. How many of you know who you hang out with has great bearings on your life? If you hang out with losers, you'll be one. You walk with the wise, you'll become wise. A companion of fools will suffer destruction. It's a promise. It's a warning. Even if you weren't the foolish one, if you hang out with foolish people, destruction is coming to them. And it happened to you. And not in the far off, it's in the here and the now. Who you hang out with, it really, really matters. And if you have friends that are smart, guess what? You can ask them if you don't know. If you were ever inclined to copy when you were in school. You didn't sit in the back with Bubba. You sat by Mary Catherine, okay? So if you want to do better in life. Nearest, dearest friendship you need to have is the Holy Spirit. And even the best people in your life sometimes are worthless. Now hear what I'm saying. There's some people, they're the best. I want to be with them, but now your car breaks down. They don't know anything about your car. My wife, I have the most wonderful wife. I publicly honor her and I thank her for my children. But in some things, well, <laughs> hold on. A couple of years ago, I was trying to fix a slingshot for Joshua. And I'm, it had like medical tubing and I'm fixing it. And as I do, I have like this razor blade box cutter kind of thing. I can hear my dad's voice saying, never cut toward yourself. <laughs> and I did. And I just about took my whole knuckle off. And I ended up getting like 17 stitches or whatever. And so I'm like, oh, and Alicia was like right in the next room. She goes, are you hurt? <laughs> I go, Yes. Are we going to the hospital? I said, yes. She goes, I can drive you, but I do not want to see it. She did a fabulous job driving. Now, 
But the Holy Spirit, what does he not know? And, and every day we walk into surprises and disappointments. Guess who's neither surprised nor disappointed? The Holy Spirit. He's God. He's able to declare the end from the beginning. He sees, he knows, and he's with you and he's in you. And we've got to stop treating him like the hall monitor. And get the gate open and let him be your very best friend and walk with him and talk with him. Listen, fruit in our life of restored wholeness is going to flow out of, out of friendship with the Holy Spirit. And how does that friendship happen? You spend time with him. You talk to him. You walk with him. You ask him things. You don't read the Bible without him. He's the spirit of the author. Holy Spirit, help me to understand this. You don't do business, you don't do marriage, you don't do parenthood, you don't do friendships, you don't live in your neighborhood, you don't try to earn a living without the Holy Spirit. He's your best friend. He's your sure guide. He can help you in ways that nobody and put together a thousand somebodies could never help you the way that the Holy Spirit would. And why don't we take time? Why don't we open the gate? Why don't we say, I want all of you in my life. And even when I forget about you, I still know that you are with me. That's why I tell you the greatest truth of the gospel and of the good news is this. I am never alone. I am never without help. Sometimes I act alone. Sometimes I act like I have no help. But the truth is I am never alone. I'm never without help. And here's the truth for you. You are never alone and you are never without help. Why don't we take advantage of this? Why don't we walk with him, talk with him? And there, here's another thing. Why don't we just pray with him? Let him help us to pray. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, he said, I will pray with the understanding. We already know how to do that pretty much. But he said, I also pray with the spirit. And there's a prayer language that I would so highly endorse and encourage you to seek out. That know that this is not some special thing for certain people. And it's not the public gift. This is the private, private grace for your life. To have that prayer language that is intimate with you and the Holy Spirit. Guess what? You never have to do that in front of anybody. This is the language of friendship between you and the Holy Spirit or those of like precious faith. And it's a beautiful thing that I would encourage you. It's not evidence. It's benefit. It's benefit of the Holy Spirit being in your life. But in every way, the, the help that you would need, the power that you would need, and the fruit that would be developed is going to flow out of friendship with the Holy Spirit. Now, in 1 Kings 18, and I'm going to close with this. There was the prophet of God, Elijah. Y'all with me? And there were 450 prophets of Baal, false god. And they're having a little face-off here, a showdown. And here's the contest. Whose God can answer by fire? And so they go through it all, and I would encourage you to read it. I'm not going to take time for it all, but the false prophets, they couldn't get anything to happen. They tried every, every way that they could to get something to happen. Nothing happened. Elijah then said, douse that thing, drowned that, that altar, because I don't want you to later come back once my God answers by fire and say, well, your God gave the spark. So he said, just drown this thing. So they did, and then God answered, God answered by fire. If you need it, listen to me. I believe this still. If you need it, God can answer by fire from heaven. But here's reality. In the day-to-day -day for you and for me, 
Maybe that's not what you need. Maybe you don't need fire from heaven. Maybe you just need some peace of mind. Maybe you just need some help at your address. Maybe you just need the courage to do the right thing. Maybe you just need some help with some uncertainties and with some insecurities and just with life day in and day out. Maybe that's where you need help. And I want you to know that he is your help and he will bring that help. Listen, life is tough and our mission is tough. If we take this serious, it's tough. But he will give us the help we need and the help we need and the power that we need and the fruit that we be developed is going to flow from friendship with the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage you this morning to get the gate open. Get it wide open. That's my prayer. That's my assignment. That's what we've been working on for six weeks here is to get that gate open in your life. And I want to encourage you, just as Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit. You know, if you're going to let somebody into your house, you don't just, you know, you've got the chain and all those things. You just don't peek out. I mean, if you're going to receive them into your house, you open that door all the way. And I want to encourage you, not just in a public setting. I don't know why we've made everything about church has to happen in front of everybody else. I'm telling you something precious can happen while you're taking a bath, taking a walk, sitting in a chair, sitting on your front porch, drinking some sweet tea. You can commune with the Holy Spirit of God. You can develop friendship with the Holy Spirit of God. You can get on your face in a prayer closet. You can cry out to God in a car all by yourself and say, I need you and I'm so glad that you're with me and you're in me and you'll never leave me. And all of this is going to flow out of friendship with him. And I want you to know that the major work of the Holy Spirit in the earth today is restored wholeness. That he wants to work in your life. And that's going to happen as you enter into friendship. With the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 in the Message Bible says, Now may the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God the Father, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.